many can say amen to that? Amen. I've not always been faithful. You ain't either? I guess you mean you're the only ones, according to anybody else in here not always been faithful to the Lord? I mean, it's complained and grumbled and failed and made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you already know what heaven's going to be full of them type of people. There are a few perfect ones, or at least those who think they are. But uh, for all the rest of us, we'll just be glad to be there, won't we? We'll just be so grateful for the mercy of God. But there's one thing we can say about him. He is so faithful. Amen. His mercies are renewed every morning. Let's turn tonight to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 7, <clears throat> verse 12. We greet you tonight in the name of the Lord. We're so happy to be able to be here together again, presence presence of God. Hopefully if everything goes well tomorrow, we should be able to get, we're hoping, an approval and uh, have to do a couple more small things, but Lord willing, tentatively we're planning on having uh, an open house there at the new place on Wednesday. So everybody can come in, look around, so Sunday morning you won't be looking at what's on that wall and what goes over there and everybody can come in. A lot of it's done been there. I've done seeing you anyway. So we'll plan on doing that Wednesday night. And uh, hopefully we'll be there. This will be our last time. Hopefully Sunday. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. God speaking to David. And when thy days be fulfilled, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels. I will establish his kingdom. Now this is the strange thing about prophecy that sometimes I don't think people understand when they study prophecy. This application of this scripture applies not only in the natural sense to Solomon, but it also applies to the Lord Jesus. But it's like you have to divide the verse to make the right application. Now listen to what he says. I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, which Solomon did, but not like the Lord Jesus did. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever, but that's the kingdom of Jesus, not the kingdom of Solomon. You can imagine them whenever Satan would hear some of these prophecies, he didn't a bit more in what was being said than nothing. He couldn't understand it. Well, that's the reason God says it that way sometimes. So it takes the spirit of God to be able to rightly divide it. Now read with me in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. All of us know this one, I'm sure, by heart, verse six and seven. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. Now his name is not wonderful, his name is not counselor, but his name shall be called wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace of the increase of his government and peace.
peace, there shall be no end. Did you hear that, devil? There shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it. Listen at God's protocol of this messianic kingdom. Upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Isn't this amazing? Not the love. Not the love of the Lord of hosts. Not the mercy of the Lord of hosts. But the zeal. This is the same word that's used for anger. This is the same word that is used for a strong, passionate desire. And this is what will accomplish it. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. May the Lord add the blessing of the reading of his word. How many like to be remembered tonight as we pray? Just hold your request there in your heart. Heavenly Father, we truly rejoice tonight in these passages of scripture. Knowing that we in this generation are closer than any generation that's ever lived on the face of the earth to seeing these scriptures fulfilled. We believe that we are part of the fulfilling of the Gentile age that's leading up to the kingdom age, this messianic kingdom that has been so longed for since man fell in the Garden of Eden. When you gave that promise to the man and the woman that day, you knew all that would happen. You knew all the sorrow, all the deaths, all the suffering, all the anxiety, but you also knew you would redeem it and bring it back again. Father, I pray you would help us tonight. As we open our hearts, may the Spirit of God anoint us. May we be able to receive of your word strength, courage, hope, to know that we are part of that kingdom that is coming. In Jesus' name we ask it. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You remember the Lord Jesus in teaching us how to pray. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, the kingdom that we're looking to come, we know that there's a kingdom of the Son of God which is now upon the earth and has been for 2,000 years of these seven church ages. But there's also a Davidic kingdom or a messianic kingdom. And these are the scriptures that part of this, of course, is based on. I mentioned to you last week, and I still find it amazing that for many doctors that study the scripture, many theologians that have given years and years of their life in trying to study prophecy and studying the word, and yet many of them do not actually believe in a literal thousand-year reign with the Lord Jesus. They somehow believe that it will all be a spiritual something, but I'm so glad tonight that as one believer, I believe in a literal reign with Christ for a thousand years on the earth. Now, whenever God chose to be able to divide the dispensations, he could have done it any way he wished to. 
And we know that the New Testament was foreshadowed by the Old Testament. We can see that God dealt with Adam and Eve, put Adam, of course, on the Adamic covenant. After he and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden and the man on one covenant, the woman on another. Then God begins to deal with Abraham. He gives him what is called the Abrahamic covenant. And God gives to the children of Israel what is later to be identified as the royal grant. The royal grant was a certain boundary of land by which those 12 tribes would live in and God would divide them and play Issachar. He would place all the different tribes all over the land. But there was also another perimeter that God gave to Abraham that the 12 tribes never got. I don't know if you realize it or not, but there is eight times as much land as what God promised Abraham that the children of Israel ever inherited. So they only inherited a very small portion of the royal grant, the boundaries that God said that they could have. So we know God don't make any mistakes and God doesn't say that you can have this much and then wind up giving you that and say, oh, well, you know what? I made a mistake. I didn't take all that in consideration. I didn't realize it's gonna be quite so difficult. I didn't know it was gonna be so hard. No, we know our God doesn't do any such thing. So if they did not inherit all that he said, then there had to be a shortcoming on their part and not on God's part. I mean, that's right, and it's the same with us today. But the royal grant will be inhabited, but it will be inhabited not under David, not under Solomon, not under Josiah, not under Asa, not under many of the good kings, Hezekiah, but it will only be allowed under the Davidic reign of the Lord Jesus. Now remember, he will be called the son of David because God said, of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. How in the world is that gonna be? Well, it's gonna come through what God identified as the messianic reign. Daniel saw it in Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, Daniel chapter 10, and Zechariah 14, Zechariah 7, Habakkuk 2, Micah 4. So all through the Old Testament, they began to prophesy. It might be a verse here, might be two verses there, might be three verses here. It wasn't that God just laid it all out in one particular book, and you could pick up that book and understand it. You know, I've had different people ask me down through the years, uh, could you tell me a tape? to where that Brother Rand explains uh, predestination completely on one tape. And I think, and I figure, and I think, I think, well, really? No, I can't. But I can tell you about this one, and that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. And you know, he's saying, well, the church ages. And then you're saying, well, what about this doctrine? And when you look at it, it's really the same way. So it's sown here, it's sown there, it's sown there. Why? on purpose, then God calls men and they go in there by the gift of God in their life and they pull out here, they pull out there, they pull out there. Now remember, if they're saying what he said, it's not some kind of weird, strange idea, but it'll say exactly the same thing that he said, which has already been said in the Holy Bible. 
Is that right? So it's the same way with the Old Testament prophets that they would write the words and a lot of them probably didn't even understand what they were saying themselves. And they might say a verse here and then they'd skip several verses and they'd jump back to the sin of Israel and as it was with Ahaz and the time dial of that time and he said, ask me a sign. Ask me a sign, Ahaz, and I will give thee a sign. And Ahaz said, no, no, I don't want to tempt the Lord. I, I, I won't ask the Lord. Then God says, I will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive. So God jumps from the time of Israel at that time and God jumps way ahead thousands of years and promises that a virgin will conceive. And then when God says those few verses about the Messiah, God goes right back to speaking about the current condition of Israel. So you can see that when God embedded prophecy into the scripture, that many times people would look at it and say, what was he saying? I don't understand what he meant. I, I can't understand it. What was he talking about today? Is he talking about tomorrow? Aren't you glad God's given us the ability to be able to understand? Now watch, Isaiah is one of the ones that God used and, and through his ministry and God allowing the man to see visions beginning the way he did. He actually covered pretty much the entirety of the, of the whole, whole Bible, Old Testament and New. So he starts from back in the beginning and he comes down through the different increments of time through the church ages of the Old Testament. He comes right down to the Messiah 2,000 years ago and he comes down to the water being poured out and then he comes to the millennium and then he comes right down to the eighth day. But he's one of the very few prophets of the Old Testament that was ever allowed to cover such a span a prophecy. I love Isaiah. He's really, really one of my favorite prophets of the Old Testament. Now, I want you to turn with me in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And notice again that Isaiah prophetically will take the present tense of the state of Israel and many times he would go from that present state of time and go over into the lapse of time into eternity. This is one of those times when it seemed like to the natural mind in that day they probably thought, what is this man talking about? And there come forth, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. Now listen how he words this. There shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. A rod out of the stem of Jesse. So after the tree of David has seemingly failed. Now listen to this prophecy. And this happened of course many generations after David was gone and there was a king that raised up that did not obey God's word and God said from this time forward I will not let any of his seed set on the throne of David. I will have no more that will set on that throne. I imagine Satan must have screamed and hollered and shouted and he thought he had stopped the messianic prophecy altogether because it looked like the tree of David had been totally severed and it was nothing but a stump. Now remember, there's a New Testament antitype of the same thing. The four death messengers that cut down the life tree and it would be four life messengers that would bring that tree 
back to life again. If you look at it, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's like husband and wife. The Old Testament showed, shined forth the new, and the New Testament reflected back, and you can see the old. So here God said by the mouth of the prophet, there shall come forth a rod out of the stem. Now the stem was when a tree was chopped right down. And it looked as if though this tree would never come forth, there'd never be any more light. But God said, let me just go ahead and tell you, when David's tree seems like it's totally gone, I will have a shoot that will come right out of the middle of it. And what will it be? It will be the root or the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now it's gonna look like the whole tree is cut off right even with the top of the ground. But remember God said, I will restore, saith the Lord. After the tree of David has been felled. Now you can imagine here comes this great monarchy of David, then it comes from him to Solomon, and then it comes on down and on down. Oh, what a great tree that it was. A monarchy of a promise of God. But yet one after another got away from God and God fell that tree. But the prophecy of the tree did not lay in how big the body was. It did not lay in how beautiful the bark was. It did not lay in the expanse of the leaves. The prophecy laid in the roots. Well, that's the way it was with the New Testament church when Satan thought he had destroyed it. And when they went to Nicaea, Rome in 325 AD and they had the great Roman council and they decided, boy, we're gonna do this and that and the other and the devil thought he'd destroyed it but God said, I will restore, saith the Lord. Don't look at how big the body is or it made a terrible sound, no doubt, when it hit the ground, when it was felled by the devil and his demons but God said, there shall come forth a branch out of the roots. I'm glad we're identified tonight as part of that original church of Acts 2. A branch shall grow out of his roots. Now notice this. So this is a significant messianic title that will spring up. Notice out of what looks like a darkness of oblivion. A darkness that has seemed like there's no hope. And if you know anything about some trees, you know once you cut them off, they will never put forth again. Every tree won't do what this one does. There are some trees when you cut them off at the top of the ground, it's only a matter of time that death sets in the roots. They will start rotting right there in the ground. But this tree is a different type of tree. Go ahead and cut it down, but I'll rise again. That's what they thought about the Lord Jesus. I'll tell you one thing. Oh, hell must have been having a revival because we've cut him down right at the top of the ground. But it didn't take hell long to realize once he knocked on the door of hell, the devil had made a really bad mistake. Well, it's the same way with the church of the living God. He thought he had it down through Catholicism. He thought he destroyed it through Lutheranism. He thought he destroyed it through Methodism. Now go on. He thought he destroyed it through Pentecostalism and he thought he destroyed it through a lot of messagism too. But he will not destroy the bride tree because the bride tree, her life is in the roots which is Christ the word. Praise the Lord. Notice in verse two now, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Him who? The branch. 
You see, this is what Zechariah called him when he said the man whose name is the branch. The man whose name is the branch, he shall come forth. Now notice Isaiah identifies it as a hymn. Now I realize him and her and all that sort of thing is not very proper with the woke culture, but we don't belong to the woke culture. We belong to the awoke culture. It is the awoke resurrection culture. And no, don't, don't worry about it, Brother Donnie. They're going to bring pressure on us. They won't, we won't have to worry about that very long because, because we are of the awoke culture. We are going to hear the awakening sound and we will go out of here in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So choose whichever culture you want to belong to, the woke or the awoke. I choose the awoke myself. Now notice, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding. Oh, listen at him now. The spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord for he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes. Oh, how many kings, how many potentates, how many monarchs, how many governors, how many presidents, how many times has our Supreme Court and magistrates and our judiciary branch of our United States government How many times have they made one decision based on a poor man or made a decision based on a man's color of his skin and another man woke up that they preferred better and the exact same trespass was committed and they would give him a leniency. Well, come on, don't sit there and look at me. Or it depends on who's in the White House and he does a certain thing and somebody else does the exact same thing and they all approach it in a different way. That's not justice. I thought justice is supposed to be blind. Well, it is supposed to be, but it ain't, is it? But notice this counsel. Now, why is this essential for it to be this way? Because remember, in the millennium, there will be people that will not be born again. There will be people in human bodies, they will live upon the earth, and they will outlive the curse of what God placed in the Garden of Eden. You see, the prophet tells us then that those that live in the millennium will live beyond Methuselah. They will live past that last day that God said, in the day you eat thereof, that day you shall die. So it will show in the millennium that the curse is being taken off. So he will reign in the spirit of counsel and might for the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth, oh my, with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reign. Now notice what's gonna happen even in the animal kingdom in the time of the millennium. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. In this, the prophet describes the effect of this rain and how it produces tranquility on the earth. By nature, it is the nature of the wolf to eat the lamb. 
by nature, it would be the nature of the leopard to be able to kill this innocent one. That Isaiah said, they'll lay down together. Can't you see? This is forerun and the Son of God dispensation when we who were leopards and were wolves, and some of us even meaner than a lot of that, and yet the Spirit of God has changed our nature and make us to where we like one another and love one another, and we're going to heaven together. We well, say, my goodness, that's an absolute miracle in the millennium. Well, I'll tell you one thing, I believe I'm looking at some miracles right here tonight. What do we have right here in this place tonight? We have those that were of, say, a wolf nature, and yet they're sitting by or next to someone who would have been of a lamb nature. And we have someone of a leopard nature. And they've been changed and they're sitting down with a kid. And the calf and the young lion. What is he showing? The contrast of what the messianic kingdom will have on even not just the human beings. What I find amazing is that these animals will be more in tune with the kingdom of the Messiah than many of these people that will live on the earth. Because at the end of this, when Satan is loose out of his prison, they will join ranks with the devil. You won't find no leopard joining ranks with the devil. That wolf will like being changed. That leopard will enjoy being changed. You won't find them taking sides with the devil. But what you'll find is human beings that will rebel against that messianic kingdom and they will be annihilated. Now notice the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Oh, my goodness, a little child. Well, well. A little child shall lead them. And the adder, he speaks about the adder also, that the, the child will play on the cockatrice den. And on the whole of the adder, what's he doing? He's taking a prophetic symbol and showing in this life, this could not be. But in that millennium, the bad nature of all of these animals will totally be changed. Oh, hasten the day, Lord Jesus. Notice in verse seven, and the cow and the bear shall feed and their young ones shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. So they will no longer be carnivores, but they will change back to what they were in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, the lion never stalked a calf or a, a, a leopard never stalked a, a wee young animal. They just never done it. But they all, the dinosaurs included, they were herbivores. So they ate and it was constantly reproducing itself so nothing was actually dying. And in the millennium, it will be the same way. They will not be hunting. They will not be chasing game down. They will not be strangulating something or you know, taking their fangs and killing something. But they will totally be changed. And apparently, they will still be reproducing in the millennium because the young will be there with them. Hmm. Well, that's what the Bible said. Verse eight and the suckling child shall play, wow, on the whole of the ass and the weaned child, the weaned child. Now remember there's gonna be people here in non-glorified bodies. In glorified bodies, we don't have human relations, right? right? Well, praise the Lord. 
We don't have human relations. We don't bring forth children. But there's going to be probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people that will be here in human bodies and they will be giving birth, just like the animals will be giving birth. Oh, my goodness. Notice, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full. Can you imagine as the earth tonight is full of wickedness and sin and blackness of the devil. One day every bit of that will be gone and as the earth is full of sin tonight when this rolls around, the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord. No matter where you will go in the millennium, you'll never run into anybody that don't know about God. Won't that be awesome? My, there won't be nobody that won't know about his mercy. There won't be nobody that will not be able to tell you. Everywhere you go, the earth will be full of the knowledge of God. As the waters cover the sea. Oh, hasten the day, Lord. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 2. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I was jealous for Zion with great jealousy. I was jealous for her with great fury. Thus saith the Lord, I am returned unto Zion. Now notice, I am returned unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. Praise God. And the mountain of the Lord of hosts the holy mountain. Now notice what God is going to do. The topography of the earth, as we looked at it last Wednesday night, will be changed and the expansion of the Mediterranean Sea and God will expand it in order to build the temple of Ezekiel chapter 40 through 48 and there will be the great king that will come in on the east gate. Only he can come in on one entrance. You remember reading there in the scripture. And there will be people coming up from all over the earth and they'll say, let us go up to the house of the Lord. What is the millennium? It is the Feast of Tabernacles. Now what are we going to do in the Feast of Tabernacles? We will build our own houses. We will plant. We will build and another will not inhabit. We will plant and another will not eat. In other words, you will not build your little house, your little kingdom, whatever it was, and you get old and die. There ain't no death there. You won't get old, but you will build and you will inhabit. You will plant and you will eat. But remember, in the eighth day, he's already gone away to prepare that. You don't prepare it there. But it's the seventh day that God closed out in the Garden of Eden. Oh, praise the Lord. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 13. When thou criest, let thy companies deliver thee. But the wind shall carry them all away. Vanity shall take them. But he that putteth his trust in me shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. How many wants that? He that putteth in trust, his trust in me. Oh God, let it be us, Lord. Shall possess the land and shall inherit my holy mountain. Isaiah 65, 25. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain 
saith the Lord. Now what's amazing to me is Isaiah 65 is the millennium. Isaiah 66 is the eighth day. He closes out his book with eternity. And you'll notice there's things in the millennium that we will not have in the eighth day. The stratosphere, the great things of the earth, no doubt will be changed. As I, someone sent me an article just this week of how the spinning of the core of the earth has changed. And the scientists are looking at it wondering if that's not what has a lot to do with climate change. Oh, and them politicians have been lying to us. So they're wondering if the ball in the center of the earth, which is, they say, like the sun. I'll tell you what, when I read that this week, I nearly had myself a gigantic Holy Ghost meltdown. Because I remember reading what the prophet said, that out of the sun come that little thing. You know what the sun is, don't you? A ball of fire. So the very soul, if you will, of the earth, there's the identity of where it come from and that was from the sun. And you know what? It is a very picture of you. Your very soul bears the image of the epitome of where you come from. You didn't come from hell. You didn't come from the devil. You didn't come from the earth. You didn't come from time. You come from eternity and your soul bears that image, or oh, if I can dig past all of this, if I can dig past all my weakness, all my failure, and get down to the soul, what will I find? The very image of the living God. Dig, dig, dig down deep enough, miles deep into the earth, and what do you find? A little sun right inside the core of this earth. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Now notice the prophet then in this view, what he brings to us is what? A restored Garden of Eden. Can't you see the Garden of Eden was put on hold. God, God wanted more than Adam and Eve. You know God would never make such a place just for two people. <laughs> that place was massive. The prophet said the garden was just a little bitty spot in this state called Eden. So it was the Garden of Eden. So it was a massive place. He made it with you in mind. Now you've been on this delay. You've been rerouted or bypassed. But you're going back. Praise the Lord. Isaiah's prophesying of our return. Now that... I believe in return ministry. <laughs> Woo, that's a good one. Hallelujah. They shall not hurt nor destroy and all my holy mountain for the earth, again Isaiah eleven nine, shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You see, the disposition of the people, ferocious, cruel, mean, shall be changed. The animals shall be changed. Now, the, the part of the animals that get into attack mode, it'll be different for them. But then the other animals, the lambs and all the antelopes of Africa and all of them, they don't attack. They don't attack, but their mode is what? Flight, run, run as fast as you can. Get away, get away, get away. As soon as you see a lion, as soon as you smell a lion, as soon as you smell a human being, run with everything that's in you, get away. 
but in the millennium, they'll lose that flight motive. So they just look at that cat and said, how you doing today, cat? Well, he can't do nothing but good. Come over here and lay down by me, pal. You can imagine that today, can't you? And that lion is smacking his lips. Oh, chops for lunch. But there, there'll be no fear on the side of the one that had been eaten and there'll be no aggression on the side of the one which was the etor. What will it be? The son of David will change every one of them. And then they will reproduce and whenever the mother lion gives birth to those cubs, what will she do? She will not give birth to one that'll be as mean as a copperhead and the rest of them be good. Every one will be just as gentle. Every dinosaur, oh my, every Cape buffalo, you may not know it, but one of the most dangerous animals in all the continent of Africa. It's not just the lion. More people are killed by Cape buffalo. More people are killed by a little bitty old tiny uh, antelope, which I shot many, many, years ago and they've got their horns about that long and mine was uh, 15 and a half inches long and they have a spiral type of a thing to them. More people are killed by them than they are African lions every year because them little guys are so aggressive. They absolutely hate a human being. But in that day, we'll walk right up to them and we'll just rub them on the head and we'll just kind of scrub their hair and there'll not be a one of them that'll ever bite, kick, stomp, snort. There'll never be nothing that'll eat another thing. Hallelujah. Everything will be eating vegetation, including you. So if you like steak, you better eat all you can get now, pal, because you ain't gonna eat none then. There ain't gonna be no longhorn. There ain't gonna be no lamb chops. There ain't gonna be no bacon neither. (laughs) There ain't gonna be none of that. We'll be pulling the leaves off the trees and we'll be eating wild. That was our original diet. Glory to God. We will be changed. Our diet will be changed. Animals will be changed. The earth will go into a millennium change and there will be peace over the entire earth. Oh. Praise God. Turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. That's a little bitty, tiny, tiny book. You may miss it. I ain't gonna wait all night for you to find it. Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14. For the earth shall be filled. I love that, brother. I love that. The earth shall be filled. So it ain't like God will say, let me drop a little bit over here, a little bit over there. God say, I want you to spill the whole earth full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. I mean, these people, they will say, oh yeah, I know there's a God. Yeah, I know there's a God. They will have knowledge to understand the glory of the Lord, the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of God. They will have more than just, okay, yeah, I believe there's a God. Yeah, most, most Americans do. I believe there's a God, yeah, whenever they live like the devil and then they die, they wanna go to heaven. They all wanna go to heaven, don't they? But yet God will so encompass the earth and the glory of God and the Jews, I hope you understand that the Jews will be part of the spreading force of the messianic doctrine. They will be some of the ones that will be going forth and telling the heathen and spreading out the enlightenment. God replaces the Jews as far as bride status and the Gentile dispensation. And then God brings back to 144,000 and then the Jews will actually have a great position in the millennium. Did not Jesus tell the disciples, those of you that have forsaken everything on the earth, you will sit with me in the regeneration or the regening. Who's gonna be regened? Who's gonna be regened in the regeneration? It's gonna be those in the time of the millennium. You've already been regened right now, hallelujah. You've already 
already been regenerated. You've got a new nature. That old wolf, that old leopard. My, a lot of us, that's what we was, wasn't we? We was a wolf and a leopard and a bear and a skunk and I don't know what all together. My goodness, no wonder we couldn't get along with one another. And the Holy Ghost come down and got a hold of us and filled us with his presence and now we're like a little lamb. Well, I mean, some of us are. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters. Now, whenever you get this part of Scripture figured out here in Habakkuk and also in Isaiah, send me an email on it. As the waters cover the sea. Well, I thought the sea was the waters. How can the waters cover the sea? Well, I'm not going to tell you. We'll go on to verse 10 in Isaiah chapter 11. Now notice, in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which will stand for an ensign of the people. Glory. To it shall the Gentiles seek. And I can say, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. And his rest shall be glory. Isaiah 16, 5. And in mercy shall the throne be established and he shall sit upon it in truth in the tabernacle of David. Wow. David never had a tabernacle. Remember, David wanted to build one. But God said, no, you can't build one. But here, there's going to be a house. Amen. A house, a government that's going to be called the tabernacle of David. You understand that Jesus allowed himself. Now, we just went through about David and all of his wrongdoing with Bathsheba. But remember, God had made an everlasting covenant with David and there was nothing could ever destroy that. Oh, if God did so with David, what about his Gentile bride? And here the Lord Jesus is still prophetically being called the son of David insomuch that he's going to reign in the tabernacle of David. Ma, judging and seeking judgment and hasting righteousness. Isaiah 24, 23. Now listen what's gonna happen even in the solar system. Then the moon shall be confounded and the sun ashamed when the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. And before his ancients, plural, gloriously. So the Lord is going to reign before some ancients. Now that word is people who have great age. Ah, so the Lord is going to reign in front of ancient people. People that are very, 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 very old. And yet they only look like they're 18 or 19. He will reign before his ancients. Well, if he's the ancient of days and he had children, what would they be? Now notice Isaiah 65, 21. 
and they shall build houses and inhabit them and they shall plant vineyards. Now notice Feast of Tabernacles. The Lord is not doing this. It's us. There won't be no building permits. We won't have to worry about Johnson City coming out and expecting. We won't have to worry about them telling us to put up 32 of them yeller things on the outside to keep somebody from hitting the air conditioner. One of them guys come over there the other day and pulled his little car in between there and they wanted a spot here and they wanted a deal there. I told Brother Michael, I said, Brother Michael, tell him, I said, I'm not sure which church he goes to, but we preach against drinking at our church. He said somebody could jump that curb and do this. I said, yeah, a star could fall out of heaven too. You know, a meteorite could fall and hit the whole thing. We want yellow things all over this thing. It'll look like spikes all over it. <laughs> oh my, and God will not build our house. He said, brother Donnie, I can't even drive a nail. You will there. Or let me say it this way. You may speak it. I don't figure we'll be out there with saws and battery operating, electricity and all that sort of thing, building it, you know, laying out pavement, doing this, that and the other because as the sons of God, we will be there in his image with our domain right before us and we will build our own houses and we will plant our own vineyards. You say, why in the world? Oh, I got made fun of years and years ago because I like gardening, because I like gardening and all that sort of thing. You know, some preacher in another state, uh, he blasted me and said, well, that sounds kind of weird to me. Some preacher liking a garden. I thought, buddy, ain't you read your Bible in the Garden of Eden? What was man's first occupation? He was a gardener. He wasn't no plumber. <laughs> he wasn't no electrician. He wasn't no IT guy. He was a garden man. Well, come on, is that right? What do you figure we're gonna be doing in the millennium? There ain't no gonna be no converters there. They'll only be converted there. Oh, hallelujah. There won't be no electricity. There won't be none of that. What's it gonna be? We're all back to our original position of what God made us to be, caretakers of the earth. Hmm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards. Oh my, you know the prophet when he was carried beyond the curtain of time and he went up there. Now remember, he was not burst into that dimension. He was just carried from here to there. That's why those who were there knew him, but he didn't know them, right? He didn't know who they were. So he looked at them and he, he didn't even know who they were because they were in theophany bodies and he had not actually died and moved into the theophany. But he looked back on the bed and he saw his body laying there. So his soul was carried out into a place to where he saw those people. And they come and saying, our precious brother, our precious brother. And he began to hear their voices come and said, well, who, who are these? He said, if I died, he said, you've been gathered with your people. My people? You mean all these Branhams? These are your converts that you've led to Christ. Notice the angel didn't say converts that you led to yourself. That's what a lot of preachers want. They want preachers, they want people to follow them and be led to them. That's not the call of a real man of God. Man of God is to lead you to the Lord Jesus. With such an experience, ended up devils in hell to pull you away from it. And the church said, 
So what do they do? They begin to enlighten him now. The voice is talking to him and he tells him, these are your converts. Don't you remember reading in the scripture that they were gathered to the people. Oh, these are y'all. Oh, they come up, our precious brother, our precious brother. A woman comes up, most beautiful woman ever saw in his life, said, don't you know her? Don't you recognize her? Said, no. Now notice, here are these beings by the millions of them and they are in their theophany bodies. In the theophany, you know all things. But he was not in the theophany, so he didn't know who they were. Well, praise the Lord. So he come and said, don't you recognize her? He said, no. He said, you led her to Christ when she was past night. He said, can't you see why she's saying precious brother? He said, do you all eat here? No, we don't eat here. We don't drink here. Then the adoption series, when he preaches it there, and he talks about it, he said, they're up there and saying, oh my, one day we'll go back to the earth, and we'll be able to go down there and get a cold drink of water. We don't need none here but we'll go down there and we'll take up bodies and then we'll be able to eat some of them grapes up there. You realize they're not eating in the sixth dimension. All the saints of God that have been gathered there for the last 2,000 years since the emptying out of paradise, they haven't ate one bite. They haven't drank one drink. They ain't no coffee, they ain't no espresso machines, there ain't no bottled water, they don't need it. It's a seed gene inside of theophany. And a theophany does not, oh, glory to God. A theophany does not drink, it does not eat, it does not rest, it does not get tired, it does not get weary, and it does not get bored. Well, praise the Lord. Can you imagine Peter and them has been there for over 2,000 years and it's just like it was yesterday. He ain't going nowhere. He ain't got no appointments. He ain't having to watch his watch. Well, I gotta be here at 9.30. I gotta be there at 9.45. I gotta be over at 10.15. They've been there for all this time and they're just as happy as they was the very first moment they walked inside of there. Hallelujah. Oh, don't you wanna go, children? You see, in the theophany, they knew him but he didn't recognize them. Isn't that strange? So here was a theophany, and they all come running to him. Oh, oh so uh, well, how come like this? So the brothers reached down and picked him up and put him upon the shoulder. Why, why'd they do that? Why'd they do that? You see, he could not relate to what was going on. Is that right? Now, this is his terms, not mine. He could not relate. So they talked one language, he talked another. They had an understanding that he did not understand. Why? He was not in the theophany. So the theophany had a knowledge of all things. Why? It is the word. So then they said, well, well, why'd you do that? Everything they're doing, he don't understand it. He can't understand it. He don't know who they are. He don't recognize them. Well, am I saying something wrong? That, that's what he said, is it not? So that whenever he saw them, he said, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Oh, these Branhams? I've never seen so many Branhams in my life. No, these ain't Branhams. These are your converse. Oh, really? My converse? Yeah, there's people you led to the Lord. You mean I led you to the Lord? I don't recognize you. I don't recognize you and your wife there either. I don't recognize none of y'all. But yet, they recognize him. And they didn't come and say, you false prophet, you liar, you got this and that and the other. I'll tell you one thing, we're brought stones and we're gonna stone you. No, no, no. They wouldn't have been there if they had that attitude. And then he said, I felt funny. I started feeling funny. And I looked back and I remember he hadn't traveled nine trillion miles out in space somewhere. But he was so close to his body, about 20 feet. Do you understand in that other dimension, 
That dimension is right around us right here tonight. Not 20 feet from where we are. It might as well be 3 trillion miles. It might as well be hundreds of trillions of miles because we can't access it and let God, unless God allows us to. You understand that? My, no doubt right here tonight, there's great influences of the presence of God. And yet we realize they do not come down amongst us and just influence our life and whisper things in your ear, all that sort of thing. But they're kept there. Remember the witch of Endor, how she's able to call the prophet Samuel. And the prophet tells us why she did that. Because paradise was down then, it was not up. So when the prophet goes up to that spot, my goodness, which one of us would not want to go there? Which one of us would not want to go into the sixth dimension tonight? I'm afraid a lot of us, if we got to go, we wouldn't want to come back. We'd say, forget that new church, forget my new car, forget this, that, and the other. I ain't going back. I'm staying here. So what he say? He started feeling real funny. He felt really funny. He looked around, and what he did? What he see? He saw his body moving. He said, "Oh no, no, no!" You imagine? You're out of that prison, and you see yourself moving on the bed. He said, "No, no, don't, don't make me go back. Don't make me go back." But he said, "There was people here." Well, I'm so glad God sent him back. That was 1960. We would have never heard so many great sermons, eh? If God would have kept him. I'm so glad, Brother Larry, God sent him back, ain't you? I'm so glad that God sent him back. What for? To bring the rest of the message by there. That it would be a rapturing faith. Look, friend, we love miracles, do we not? We love healing. We love all the supernatural things of God. But the prophet never said you take the rapture by healing. We believe in healing. Yet I read it today. Every quote where the prophet said it, that divine healing is a minor. And you can never major on a minor. And yet that's exactly what some of our brothers are doing. They are majoring on the minor of divine healing. That's all they talk about. That's all they preach. We don't take the rapture by divine healing. But the prophet said we take the rapture by the word. And yet a lot of people say, well, get done with the preaching so we can see the prayer line, so we can shout, so something wrong with us. We ought to be sitting there and our soul feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. That's what's gonna change us. Not emotion, not just us running. I believe in all of that. But that's not what's gonna change our bodies. As we feed on the word, we become the word. Glory to God. Now watch the royal grant of the land that was given to Abraham by the promise of God. So it was extended according to Genesis 15. You write it down, we won't read it. But it was extended from the great river Euphrates where also Ezekiel picks up the northern boundary and he brings it down to be included in a and a place there, the northern boundary being a place called Hamath, which is 100 miles north of Damascus. Anybody know what country Damascus is in? Tell me. Syria. Uh-oh, we got a problem. So you mean God is going to give the children of Israel Syrian land? Now, the Palestinians can do whatever they want to do. They can scream, they can holler, they can shout, this is ours, it's ours, it's ours. That ain't the report I believe. The devil may try to tell you your body belongs to him. If I was you, I'd refuse to believe that report. 
I'd claim my healing tonight. I'd claim my peace. I'd claim my deliverance. I'd claim my portion of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Whatever it is you need. You look at Syrian in type in the face and say, off of my property. I got the royal grant. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Is that what the Bible says? So watch how God in the millennium will bring the royal grant into manifestation. You see, healing has been around even since the Old Testament. So we must have something that is inclusive to healing but also goes beyond. Now when I say go beyond healing, I don't mean we won't have it no more. It includes divine healing, but it's divine healing plus. It's not just divine healing and we stop there, but it's divine healing leading to a body change. I don't want to just stop at divine healing. A.A. Allen had thousands of miracles in his ministry. For those of you that never come from Pentecost and never read many of the miracles of the 40s, 50s, and 60s, I can tell you, as one who has studied a little bit, we have never, never, in the ranks of the message, seen the amount of miracles and the supernatural phenomena that was going on around the world that happened in those early days. Well, that's exactly right, whether you like it or not. And you know what? God doesn't want us to go back to the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and 70s, and whatever more. We're going back to Acts 2, not Azusa Street. Well, praise the Lord. I don't want just the restoration of gifts. I want the restoration of the giver. If I get the giver, I get all these gifts with the package. Healing comes with the giver. Deliverance comes with the giver. So why do I want to stop just on gifts? I want that main man himself. Praise the Lord. Now, notice in the southern border from Hamas on the top of the northern border down to the southern boundary of Kadesh, which is 100 miles south of Jerusalem, and it comes, now remember this land grant is gonna be eight times what any king in the land of Israel ever inherited. Notice how many times, eight. Eight speaks of eternity. Praise God. Which takes in Jordan, Lebanon, part of Egypt. Uh-oh. Oh, I reckon we'll need Trump there to try to help sign some Abraham Accords. We don't need an Abraham Accord. We need an Abraham promise. And the Abraham, Abrahamic promise was what? The royal grant of the land. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The feast of the tabernacles is where we will be. Can I have a few more minutes? Future home, watch this. Remember, this is the Feast of Tabernacles, gathering places, where in the millennium, the Bible said they shall build houses, but in the new earth, he has already went and prepared the place. It's built. We have nothing to do with it. The eighth day is nothing about you doing anything. You see, that's the type of you receiving the Holy Ghost. Well, I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I give up this, I give up that, and I'm trying to get good enough for the Holy Ghost to come in me. No, that's not the way you get the Holy Ghost. You just surrender and let God take all that from you and he comes in. He takes this from you and gives you this back. You've only got so much ability to receive something. You can't get the Holy Ghost, you're full of drinking. You can't get the Holy Ghost, you ain't got enough room for alcohol in Jesus too. There ain't enough room inside of you for pornography in Jesus too, so you gotta empty yourself out. That's the very key. Can I do this? Can I do that? The key is surrendering yourself. Lord, come in. Then he takes that stuff out. He steps in, takes you over, seals you to the day of your redemption. 
Well, that's the very type of the earth receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the earth does what? Nothing. Nothing. She just lets God set her on fire. And God burns her through and through. That's what God wants to do to you. Well, that's a good word to us all. The earth will burn through and through. That's what God wants to do to you. God let the earth burn through and through. That's what God wants to do to you. <laughs> What's he want to do? Annihilate. Annihilate sin. Annihilate every resemblance of sin. Oh. In the millennium, we'll be under the Feast of Tabernacles again, the seventh day. But after the seventh day, we have a holy convocation. We go back into the eternal. How, he says, by the eternal one that come and redeemed us and taken us back and letting us recognize that we are a part of this. It ain't no wonder Satan will do his best to keep you from recognizing and believing you are a part of this. What? This word of this day. Praise God. Isaiah 65, 22. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree, uh-oh, for as the days of a tree are the days of my people. So I wonder what tree it is. As the days of a tree are the days of my people. And mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. So you imagine there will be with your mate in life. You'll be enjoying the sun, the moon, the waters. There'll never be no mosquitoes. The millennium couldn't be the millennium of mosquitoes there. If they are, they'll have to eat plants. There can't be no carnivorous mosquitoes in heaven. How could there be? <laughs> There'll never be no tiredness. You'll never come in and say, how you been doing today? I'm wore out. There'll never be a lazy boy recliner in your living room because there won't be no lazy boys. And there won't be no tired boys to need a lazy boy. You'll imagine you'll never have to lay down and take a three o'clock nap. Well, glory. I'm liking it better all the time. Nobody will ever be weary. Nobody ever be tired. Nobody ever be upset. Nobody ever be mad. Oh, my goodness. And peace will just be so abundant and joy and happiness. I mean, it just be like everywhere you go, just like, nobody's found it. It's like, could this be real? Could this really, 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 really be real? Is that a real smile on your face? Is that a real one on your face? I've been here for 739 years. I've not seen anybody sad. I'm not hurt anybody so, so lonesome and just so, you know, this. No, 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 think of it, 739 years and I've still got all this yet to go. And it's been so wonderful. It's been beyond anything I could ever imagine in my life. And I go up to the throne of God and I look at him and say, oh, Jesus, 
your righteousness is covering the earth and peace is all over everywhere and happiness is everywhere and joy and long-suffering and forgiveness, it's, it's everywhere. And they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble. They are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. So you, before you even call, you just think of something you want to say, here you go. I didn't even get it out. Well, you, you won't be praying there. You understand? We won't be praying. Yeah. Do you understand this elect of God? One day. Oh, I'll get some emails for this, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. You realize as the elect of God, one day your faith will no longer be needed. Faith will end in sight. We shall behold him. I will no longer need hope. I will no longer need faith. I will no longer have to hold on to a promise. There's a better day coming. I will say, I have arrived in the better day. I will no longer have to steal away somewhere and pray. Oh, Jesus, I know I can't see you now. I know I can't. Oh, God, I pray you would help me. But no, I'll be able to go right up to him. I will not have to get into a closet. You will not have to have blood between you and him. You will be able to walk right up to him and touch him. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, my sweet Jesus. And your eyes will be able to look right in his face. And he'll look back in your eyes and say, I love you. I loved you before the world began. You were mine. Amen. Praise be to God. Children, this is not a fairy tale, this is not a story. This is God's word. And it shall come to pass before they call. I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb, let's read it again, shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. Now can you imagine? I've been there in the plains of the Serengeti. I've been in the Maasai Mara, one of the largest games reserve in East Africa, with a game warden there, brother in the message. So the regular routes, people had game trails that they was on, but we was with the game warden. So we could go right up where they were. So I was as close from me to Brother Keith and a whole pride of them. Big black main male line laying there. Oh, he just eats, so he had his belly full of antelope or something. He was just piled up. Now, can you imagine me handing him a bale of hay? Say, hey, buddy, I'm getting you ready for the millennium. 
he might want to bail a Donnie. Bail Donnie out of the Jeep. <laughs> but can you imagine in the millennium when you look at him, there he'll stand, oh my, the great king of the pride. Him come walking down through there. I said, come here, boy. I've got two of your kin standing in my den right tonight, so come on over here, let me rub you. And I rub him. There, you'll stand there as a great, fine specimen. He'll come in Elon. Oh, I've got one in my den. He stood about six and a half feet tall at the shoulder, ranked 32 in the world. Here, he'll come up. My great big old longhorn, kill you in a moment. Here come a leopard. Here come this and that and the other. Just purring like a kitten. I won't feel fear. I won't try to grab a hold of my gun. All right, all right. It'll be gone out of me, and it'll be gone out of them. It'll be gone out of you, it'll be gone out of you. People that maybe in life you struggle with and you wind up and say, you mean they made it? They're looking at you and say, dear God, he made it. And then you really look in the mirror and say, Lord, have mercy, I made it. (laughs) Then you realize all those things that made us we dislike in life, they're gone. There are so many things I hate about myself. There's things about my ways that about drive me crazy. Now you see, I got stuck with a lot of faults and failures. I realize there's some perfect folks that come to our church so they don't understand what I'm talking about because they're so sublime. They're so wonderfulest of the wonderful and they just wish everybody was like them. Of course, all the rest of us has got any sense knows better, but. But can you imagine living in a place when you will actually not look at everybody else, but you will look at yourself and realize there's nothing about me that I dislike anymore. My makeup, my peculiarities, every bit of it is likable. I'm a very good fella. Not now, I mean. (laughs) Can you imagine? There'll be nothing about you that you would dislike. And there'll be nothing about anybody else. You could study people for 483 years and you'd never find a fault in anybody. And you might be the world's pickiest person. And you might be the greatest fault finder that there is upon the human human civilization and population. And when you're so changed by his power, the leopard part, the lion part, the wolf part, the murdering part, all that's just... And you just walk out and look at everybody and say, praise God. There's not a fault in the land, nor. You say, Brother Donnie, what pills did you take before church tonight? The gospel. How many knows this is true? Jeremiah 23, 5. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called 
Jehovah Tiskanu, the Lord, our righteousness. Jehovah Tiskanu. Now this is one of the compound names of Jehovah. The Lord, our righteousness. So it means Jehovah is our presentation or Jehovah is our righteousness. Let's read a couple more scriptures and we'll close. Ezekiel 37, 21. And say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, whether they be gone, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king to them all, and there shall be no more two nations. Now you see, this is speaking of when Israel had been divided. Israel and Judah, which is never God's will, never. But they become so divided, so then Israel started having their own prophets and their own kings and their own revivals and their own faults. And Judah had their own prophets and their own kings. But God said, let me tell you what's gonna happen in the last days. I'll bring them together again. And it'll not be the king of Judah and the king of Israel. It will be one king and his name one. Neither shall they defile themselves anymore with their idols, nor with the detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will save them out of their dwelling places wherein they have sinned, and will cleanse them, so shall they be my people, and I will be their God, and David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they shall have one shepherd, and they shall walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. David, my servant, can you imagine the Lord God through prophecy calling Jesus David? So the presence of Adonai will be in Mount Zion in Jerusalem. And David, now this is not the King David of Samuel, but King Jesus, which has taken on the name of David. And David, King Jesus, King David, was set upon the throne. And David of Samuel will be a prince. I'm quoting you your Bible. So here's David. And then you're out there fellowshipping, you look around at this guy and he's playing this harp and shouting and singing and carrying on. You say, who's that? You say, that's David. Well, I, thought, I thought David was on the throne. It is, that's, that's the real David. And this is the David of Samuel. This is the David that, this is the David. So you mean God, despite his mistakes, despite his failures, despite his humanity, God is still willing to take his name upon himself just like he took you. Oh, hallelujah. Isaiah 42, we'll close. Isaiah 42. You see, this is what the Lord Jesus came to do in order to move into this messianic prophecy. Isaiah 42, one. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect and whom my soul delighteth. You see, when Father God comes down on the river there that day when Jesus is baptized, 
this is my beloved son. The prophet catches it and said, in whom I am pleased to dwell. He's catching the paraphrase here of this prophecy of Isaiah 42. In whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break. The smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment into truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth and the isles, the isles. So there will still be islands, some places in the earth, in the millennium. The isles shall wait for his law. The isles shall wait for his law. What was he? A servant. Turn with me to Philippians. Let's stand while you're turning there. Philippians chapter two. Jehovah's servant in service for death. Philippians 2, 7. Made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. and Was made in the likeness of men. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Well, let me go ahead and read you Ezekiel 37, 25, so you won't think I was making that up. And they shall dwell in the land that I've given unto Jacob, my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, their children's children. And David, my servant, shall be their prince. So we got another David that's going to be the king and another David that's going to be the prince. <laughs> Going to be a lot of Davids in that land, ain't there? And then God says, moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them and it shall be an everlasting covenant and I will place them and multiply them and I will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And the heathen shall know that I, the Lord, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. So the heathen will look out, the nations will look back and somehow they will be able to identify and say, the Lord God has been restored to the tribes. Look at him. He brought his house down where they are. And remember, this is not the eighth day. This is the millennium. That's one of the reasons he's doing it, to make them testify that Israel has been restored to a divine position. And when the heathens of the land hear about it, they'll say, praise God, he's brought Israel back. Praise God, the 12 tribes are restored. What are they? The bride's attendants in the millennium. And they will help propagate and be carriers of the truth. Did not Jesus tell them, apostles, you will sit there and you will judge the 12 tribes. Remember the foundations of the city. It had 12 foundations. Now we'll jump over to the eighth day. And on that was the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I don't understand people in this message that hate the apostolic foundation of the book of Acts and think they're going to a city which is also written of the apostolic foundation. <laughs> You're never going to get away from the apostles. So you're going to live on a city that's laid on the foundation of that city. It has the bears and names of them 12 apostles. 
I love apostolic doctrine myself. Let's bow our heads together. I know I've given you a lot to think about. Oh, Jesus. Father, we believe this tonight, Lord. Oh, I love to be able to take them on a journey through the Scripture. Lord, we have so many disappointments in this life and so many things to make us sad. I'm thinking tonight, Lord, of my friend, Lord, Brother Ron Peterson. His daughter just getting some news this week being diagnosed with cancer in her colon. Lord, I pray that you'd be mindful of them, Father. Lord, I'm thinking of others, people in our own assembly, sick and afflicted. Lord, as I've been over at the church for the last several weeks working, and I'm not sure who it is, maybe Brother David Hunt, I don't know for sure, but one of the brothers putting the names of those who can't attend church and they're coming up on the screen. I saw it multiple times today when I was there. I saw it one day there'll come a time when all that's hindering them from being able to come, they can't walk, they can't see to drive in the night. One thing after another that hinders them. But oh Lord, we believe what we've heard tonight is the truth. There's coming a day when there'll be no more sickness. No more affliction, no more trouble, no more heartache, no more sadness. Oh, Jesus, keep us, Father. Lord, I'm sure there's many things about us that need to be changed. I pray you would help us, Father. I, for one, raise my hand tonight, Lord, and say, help me, Lord God. Anyone else here with me like to raise your hand to God? Help me to lay aside any unbelief. Help me to lay aside any fault, any shortcoming that hinders me, Lord. I know I'll always be flawed, and I hate it. I've got something in me. I long for perfection, and I'll never have it in this life. I've never built a perfect piece of furniture. I've never finished a perfect piece. I've never preached a perfect sermon. I've never lived a perfect day. I've never done anything perfect in my entire life. And here I am, 66 years old. Never had anything perfect outside of what you have given me and done for me. But there's something in me that longs for perfection. Lord God, it's hard living in an imperfect body, in an imperfect world, around imperfect people, dwelling in an imperfect house yourself, and yet made to long and thirst for perfection. Oh, Jesus, hasten the day, Father, I pray. We worship you tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. We bless your name tonight, Father. Can we just raise our hands in the presence of the King? Oh, children, can you imagine what it's going to be like? That great day. There'll be not one cigarette sign, not one advertisement that you'll ever have to turn your head away from. There won't be nothing sinful or wrong. Won't be one hospital, not one rehab place, no funerals, no cemeteries, but the saints of God 
because there'll be no death. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And we'll be just as happy when the last day of the millennium rolls it around as we were the first day it started. And then we take a brief little lift off the earth and we come back on the new place that he's made for us. Oh, praise the Lord. Don't it make you homesick to go? Oh, Jesus. We want to go to that land called Beulah. And the word Beulah means married. We're homesick for it, Jesus. We do like this earth. We like portions of our state, portions of our city. There's things about our nation that we do like. There's things about our jobs and things about our homes and our families that we do like. But there's so much about it that we dislike. But we know our true home, there won't be one thing about it that we'll dislike. I know when we go to the new church, for those who haven't seen it, some won't like the carpet color. Some won't like the paint color on the walls. Some won't like this. Some won't like that. Some won't like something else. But yet when we walk into that great place you provided for us, there won't be one person to say, I don't like the color of the sky. I don't like the color of the green. I don't, there won't be nobody that will ever say nothing about I don't like. And there won't be one complaint department in the millennium because there won't be no complainers there. Oh, Jesus. Don't let us be missing, Father. Hallelujah. How many wants to go with all your heart? I'm kind of homesick for a country. Let's sing it now. To which I've never been before. No sad goodbyes, or oh, no sad goodbyes, will there be spoken? Sing it with all your heart now. And Thank you, Jesus. 
Just sing a little bit tonight before we go. We still got a little bit of time. I mean, like sing a little, just worship him a little bit before we go. If you wanna know where I'm going, come on, brother. Good now, world. 
Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We worship you tonight, Jesus. We shall be changed. All right, let's go ahead and sing it. Oh, we shall be changed. Oh, changed from this mortal to immortality. In the twinkling of an eye. Oh, we shall be changed. tradition tonight my shout a little bit. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. And you're in that millennium and you hear somebody over there shouting and playing his heart and you hear another couple of voices. You know it's going to be, don't you? Me, him, and him. <laughs> well, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. We worship you tonight, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Your mercy, Lord. Go with us, Lord, as we depart this place. I know this Holiday Inn has not been ideal. It's hot. It's cold. It's uncomfortable. The seats don't fit good. There's all kinds of complaints we've heard since we've been here. But there ain't been one service that you ain't showed up. There ain't been one. And I want to thank you for it tonight. I want to thank you. Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. I want to thank you. Praise the Lord Jesus. We bless you tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Go with us now, Father. We ask for your favor tomorrow, Lord God. May we be able to meet every inspection. May we get permission. Thank you, Lord. A temporary certificate of occupancy. Until we get the couple of things that need to be fixed, then we'll get a permanent Permanent? certificate of occupancy. Every now and then when I get to shouting around a little bit and rejoicing, I get a little temporary certificate of occupancy of what it's gonna be like in the new body. Lord, I don't mind telling you that that just makes me more hungry for that permanent one. That real thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But it sure is mighty good when Glory. we get a little touch. Glory. Glory. But Lord God, we're longing when we will get our permanent certificate of occupancy when our new body will arrive. That's our permanent certificate. Go with us now, Lord God. Bring us back Sunday if it be pleasing to you. We love you so much. Sing it for us, Harry. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I ever done. Yes, yes, yes. Go in the fear of God. Love you so much. God bless you. Oh, no.